Well, instead of saying good morning, uh, good evening to all of you. Our focus this evening is going to be on the verses Matthew 1, and 23. So if you'd open your Bibles, please. And we'll begin there. And it reads, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for this, this time together, Lord. We, we're just thankful to gather, Lord to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And Lord, if we could just meditate upon that and even ask ourselves the question, what does this really mean for us who are believers? Lord, that we had understand this entire holiday revolves around this miraculous event. Lord, let us be so moved by our Savior this evening, Lord, that our hearts would burn for Christ. And that this holiday season, this Christmas Eve and the Christmas day tomorrow would be about Christ. That we would teach our families and our friends and our loved ones the true meaning of of what it truly means to worship Christ, who is God with us. Amen. Amen. This is the significance of Christmas. This is the message of Christmas. This is actually the entirety and the meaning of what Christmas represents for us as believers. I mean, this is really something that we need to understand as we go into the holiday season. And as believers, as Christians, understanding the significance of Christmas and understanding this idea that God with us is our message. This is the meaning of Christmas. If there was anything that you should take away from Christmas... It is this, that God is with us. Not them, the world. The world may celebrate Christmas. We may see this all over the world. We see the worldly as the righteous celebrating this day, but completely missing the meaning of this day. And while the world celebrates Christmas, it is to us that believe who can truly say that God is with us. This evening, I'd like to remind you of two things. First, I'd like to remind you that God hasn't always been with us. And number two, I would like to remind you that God is always with us. To remind you that God hasn't always been with you. 
We need to remember, as Ephesians 2.12 says, that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Let us take a moment and let us reflect and remember this reality that God wasn't always with us. Yes, in election, most certainly. But this reality, until we were converted, until we were made right with God, God was against us. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of the lights. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And Ephesians 2.1 says, And you hath he quick quickened, who were dead, but no longer in trespasses and sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 11 says, and such, and such were some of you. You were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Let's be reminded today that our lives weren't always right with God. God wasn't always with us. And this is what makes it so significant and so meaningful because this reality is that we were enemies of God. We were storing up wrath until the day of wrath. We were enemies of God. The Bible says we were darkness. We were separated from Him. And at that point, we were not as those who say God is with us. But this is the beauty of Christmas because it speaks of this idea that God came into the world. He became a man. He actually became a baby. And this is Emmanuel, God is with us. And the second point I would like this evening is to remind you that God is always with us. The Bible says the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region and in the shadow of death, light has dawned. This was you. This was me. This is how it was before we came in contact with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. Now all this took place to, to, to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And we read this in Isaiah 7.4. This is a prophecy which says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. It means that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. 
It means that God stepped into time, space, and history to redeem you from his wrath and to reconcile you to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the beauty of it all, that God sent his son into time, into space, into history, into the reality of this world. He came into this world through a baby. And this whole, this whole idea of this reality should encourage us tonight. I don't know how many times we spend much time remembering about where we came from or where we are or the reality that God certainly is with us. How comforting is, is it to know right now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of pain you've experienced. Some of you had, uh, may have just experienced heartache, rejection, maybe betrayal. Maybe something has occurred in your life where it just doesn't make sense. Maybe tonight you did everything in your power to even get here because of the things that are going on in your life. And maybe you just need to hear that God is with you. God is with you. Why? Because he poured out his wrath upon his son in your place. He became sin who knew no sin that we could become the righteousness of God. God can bless us. God can be with us because of Christ. Because what he accomplished on the cross. The scripture tells us that he was born under the law. He kept the whole law. He never sinned. He satisfied the covenantal requirements of God perfectly in our place. You see, Jesus didn't only die for you, die for your sins, but he lived in your place as well. And this is why when you repent of your sin and you put your faith in Christ, everything is translated into your account freely. Everything that Christ wore, everything that he kept, everything that he did, everything that he lived is given to you freely. That you are justified with God. It's nothing that we do. And I hope those of us that are here tonight realize that reality is not in anything that we have done, but in what he has accomplished on the cross. There's five reasons why we celebrate Christmas. The first one is God sent his son. Think, think of the, the value in that. What does that mean? Many of us, it becomes redundant. We hear it, sounds cliche. I've heard that before a million times. But for those of us who are saved, it should never get old to hear that God sent his son. He said, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The second one is that God gave his Son. That God gave his Son freely. Yet we didn't deserve it. We were children of wrath, children of darkness, enemies of God. We were a clenched fist in the very face of God. 
We were rebels. But yet, God sent his son to save us. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. Emmanuel. To us a son is given. Just think about that. To you, a son was given. You individually, not just us. Yes, it is an us message, but it's a personal message to you as well. That you are the object of his affection. That it is you that he sent the most priceless object into the world to die for the sins of humanity. That he went there and he bore the full anger of God upon himself in our place. To us a son is given. The fourth one is to bring eternal life. You know, when you die, you're going to live somewhere. It's, it's, it's only one or two places. It'll either be in hell or it will be in the boat of God, in which we call heaven for all eternal, all eternity. And this is the testimony, says in 1 John 5.11, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who does not have the son does not have life. But God has given us his son. And this is why we have, and we can confidently say, we don't have to shudder. We don't have to cower. We don't have to be fearful. We can confidently say, because the blood of Christ saves us, that we can say that we are saved. You're not going to wait until you die and just find out on the other end whether you made it or not. That's legalism. But you can trust Christ right now. Despite your shame, despite your mistakes, despite your sin, despite your endless failures. You could be ruined here tonight and it really ultimately doesn't matter because you cannot out the grace of God. Fourth one is not for condemnation and this is the beautiful one here. You see, people love to condemn each other, don't they? We are the greatest critics of others. We spend very little time examining our own lives. It's easy to pick out the faults in everybody else. But it's very hard to pick out our own faults and talk about them. How much more with God? When the Bible says God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Paul echoes this statement in Romans 8, 1, when he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You're no longer condemned, no matter what you do. I'm not saying we just live blatantly in rebellion against God consistently, because if that's our case, then we're probably not born again. Because the Bible tells us, right? That you shall know us by our fruit. That sanctification, yes, is progressive. We don't meet the end of that until we're glorified 
and sins finally removed and we're glorified and given a new body and we're, we leave this nasty world and spend the rest of eternity with our Lord and our Savior. But you're no longer condemned. So get out of that mess if you're in that mess tonight. Emmanuel, God with us. God chose to come through a little baby. The most humble way possible you could, you could come into the world. A baby can't preach and brag and talk about how great he is. A baby has to depend on their parents. Completely dependent upon their parents. Christ came into the world as a baby. God came in through time, space, and history as a little baby. As we know, we'll grow and at the age of 33, he went to the cross. And we know he was 100% God and 100% man. That there he was the reconciliation between God and the world. There he was laid upon the altar and slain for the sins of the world that we could go free. You're no longer condemned, brothers and sisters. Family of God. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are no longer condemned. Don't let anybody condemn you. Don't let anybody take away what God has given and it's irrevocable. The Bible says that Jesus made a covenant with the Father in Isaiah. And in the covenant, you were there. When he went to the grave, you were there. Romans 6 says that you've been planted in the very death of Christ and you've been risen to the newness of life. You can't do that over and over and over again. It's a one-time shot. Once you've been planted with Christ, you've been buried with Christ, you've been raised with Christ, you're not going to go back down again and do it over. It's a one-time deal. There's now no more condemnation for those who believe. And the last is, but for salvation. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. John 14.6 said that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, for no one comes to the Father except through Christ, through one man, and that is Jesus Christ. No other religion has this. Religion is designed where men can somehow be able to work their way up to heaven. But Christianity is that God came down to his people, became one of us, and led us out of the pit of hell into the abode of Christ. Isaiah chapter 8 and 9 is, a, is written to those who would stand against God's people in encouragement to God's people when he says, devise a plan, but it will fail. State a proposal, but it will not stand, for God is with us. Numbers 14, 9 kind of resounds this, echoes this. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. We have nothing to fear. We need not fear the world. 
Fear what's going on in the world, whether that be politics, whether that be wars, whether that be inflation, whatever that may be. It may be persecution, all kinds of adversaries. Remember, stand up for truth. Even if it costs you your life, your reputation, it costs you everything. This life goes by too fast to compromise and to be cowardly. Stand up for truth. Because there's going to come a day where we will stand before Christ. Psalms 46.7 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Haggai 2.4 says, But now take courage, and all you people of the land take courage, declares the Lord, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. These promises are for you as well. Put this in the bank of your heart tonight. Put this in your mind, the doorpost of your mind, the doorpost of your heart. Meditate upon this tonight when you go to bed. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Revelation 21.3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, Emmanuel, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? We have nothing to say to these things. God's already said it. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What do we need to worry about? What do we need to be afraid of? Nothing. Are we to be afraid of cancer, death? No. We have nothing to fear. Because as soon as this life is over, we'll be with Christ for all eternity. John Knox, the great reformer, Scottish reformer, said this, a man with God is always in the majority. Let us remember, brothers and sisters, that God is with us. Be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged. Anything in your life that you're wrestling with this evening, God can hear you based upon Christ. Call upon his name. If you don't know him, if you don't know Christ, if you have not come to him, if you have not repented of your sin and believed in his name, do it tonight. Don't let another day go by because you don't know if you'll have another day. You don't know if you'll have another minute, another second. You're a breath away from eternity. But do this, call upon his name while he still may be found. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and will be able to say, 
God is certainly with us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for our time together this evening. And Lord, I pray that your people, Lord, your sweet and precious church, Lord, would recognize these two areas tonight, Lord, that they would remember where they came from, but not live there. And they would recognize what you have done for them. Emmanuel, Lord, you are most certainly with us. We are safe in you now and throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.